We're bringing a, a new, new series, a short series this month in this time, this season of Advent. Amen. And this series is entitled uh, Preparing the Way. Preparing the Way. Uh, stories of Advent. Stories of Advent. Uh, uh, that's, that's, that's Arrival. Advent. Um, in this series, is, is, it looks at the entrance of Jesus Christ from eternity into time and, and how it's the, it's the greatest news of any time, Jesus showing up and, and his, his coming, recognizing that his coming signified God accomplishing the great salvation and restoration that he had long promised his people. It was what uh, the world was waiting for, even when the world didn't know. Um, since, his, since his first advent, the world has gone on, though, to assign all kinds of symbols and traditions and bells and whistles and meanings to our, our celebration of, the, of this season. But we're going we're gonna to look at a, a few stories of people that were impacted by Jesus' arrival and, and consider what it, what it meant for them and, and how, it is, how it has and should be impacting us today, um, despite what the commercials might suggest. How, how, how should we be taking it? Especially as we recognize that we now live in a time not so different than that time of first advent, waiting for his second advent. We're always in that season, amen? So we're going we're gonna to drop in um, to a story of Advent. We're going to drop into a story of John, John's story. Let's look at the book of, of Mark, the book of Mark, and I'm going to begin uh, reading at Mark chapter 1, and I'll read the first eight verses. Mark chapter 1, if you have uh, the Word of God, your copy. Uh, you could turn there with me. Mark chapter 1 may seem like an odd place to begin in Advent, but we'll, we'll get there. Mark chapter 1, and I'll begin reading at verse 1. The Word of God reads thusly. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in, the, in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am un not worthy 
to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. The opening of your word brings light, Lord. We pray that you would now illumine us, God. Uh, refresh uh, our minds and our hearts, Lord. Uh, remove any uh, clutter or distraction or confusion, Lord, that would uh, hinder the way and the progress of your word and your spirit in our lives, God. Have your way in this place among, God, your people, Lord, be glorified in this time, we pray. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity uh, to gather and to uh, open your word, Lord, to hear, God, uh, by your grace from you. Have your way, Lord. I ask for fresh anointing to preach, God, and anointing to receive your word. And Father, I pray let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Because, Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Some of the uh, best films and TV shows uh, are, are able to give you glimpses of a story through uh, showing various times in the story uh, in order to help you grasp the big picture. Uh, stick with me. They, uh, um, uh, Eric mentioned last week, I, I thought it was, was, was notable that, you know, he mentioned, for example, Star Wars and, uh, and how, pointing to how it, it, it released its prequels to fill in the story that we already had. It moves uh, through time. Another show that mastered this kind of uh, uh, storytelling is is a show uh, called This Is Us. Um, I mean, for six seasons, what they do it was masterful. They, they they pick up a story in one place, look back or or flash back to where something meaningful had happened that impacts the moment where they currently are in the story. And then every now and then they, they look forward and show where the story is ultimately heading. Masterful storytelling. It's like pieces of puzzle being, uh, being put together uh, to give you the picture. Uh, in a similar way, this book of Mark opens the gospel of Jesus with both a look back and a look forward in the story of John. Laid alongside other scriptures, uh, we, we, we get to see John's part in God's purpose and promises being carried out in the world. The parts uh, of John's story, they're, they're like puzzle pieces of, of purpose. Uh, when, you, when you put them all together, you begin to see purpose. Um, what is God doing Advent. John's entire life story was intended to prepare the world for Jesus. Watch this. Uh, you know, although we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, about John here in the book of uh, what, what we're going to look at, it, it begins uh, 
near the time of Jesus's launch into public ministry, instead of his birth or advent, like typically in, typical in this season, we'll find that the life of John, it, it, it was ongoing. It, it, it continued to just lean in with the anticipation of Jesus showing up and, and fulfilling God's promise. That's, that's what Advent is. This, this was the hope of his first coming and the hope of the church for his second coming. That is the, the Advent, just lean in. At, at, at first glance, looking at John's story in this scripture, we might ask the question, how did John wind up here? <laughs> In the wilderness, wearing camel skin, leather belt, munching on grasshoppers. And why? 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 You might ask. And, and you know, we, we can sometimes, we, when you get a snapshot of somebody's life, you can look at it and you can ask why. But we can sometimes have the same question, questions about our own lives. Why am I where I am? right now? Is it just random or arbitrary uh, that, 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 that I am located, situated where I am? Well, John's story not only shows us how God connects those puzzle pieces of, of purpose in his life, but possibly how he might be working in our, in our lives as well. Uh, not, not to be confused before we go any further in case someone is scrambling with this, not to be confused with the Apostle John, who wrote the book of John, the epistles of John, and received the revelation from Jesus. This John is the one better known as John the Baptist. John the Baptist. In his story, we'll see that there's a, there's a prophetic picture of his purpose in his story. Uh, we, we find that God prepared him for that purpose. God prepared him for it. And we'll also see that his parents accepted and confirmed that purpose. And that John himself, he fully, he lived fully committed to that purpose. This story, this story. Look at the prophetic picture. It's, uh, uh, Mark says, uh, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. The gospel or the good news that Mark is introducing here is that God is now bringing his salvation into the world like he promised he would. Oh, we could just stop there and rejoice. I wish we could just stop there and rejoice. I could take my seat. It, 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 but not only is he doing it, how's he doing it? It's, it's coming through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus who is the promised Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, uh, who, by the way, holds the divine distinction of being the son of God. Mark says this book is about him. 
In fact, <laughs> this book is about him. Uh, but then, then we get a shift right away. Mark begins to insert John's story. Wait, this seems like Jesus. What, now, Mark, what are you doing? He starts off quickly, flashing back, uh, pointing back 400 years to the people's last record, recorded prophetic message from the prophet Malachi, who reported what God revealed about sending a messenger to prepare the way for him. What, y'all had to stay with me here. God said, I, I'm, I'm sending a messenger to prepare the way for me. Uh, 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 then Mark, he looks back, he said in the prophet Isaiah, uh, he snuck Malachi in there, and then he looks back another 300 years. Now we're 700 years back. What are you doing, uh, 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 Mark? Uh, uh, he looks back another 300 years to God's description of that messenger by the prophet, prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 40 and 3. Uh, I put all these scriptures in, under the description of the video. It, it, in, in Isaiah's description describes him as a voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare, prepare. You know, kings, kings would often send messengers to announce their coming. They would send messengers ahead, envoys ahead. Um, this, this would be a time for uh, repairs to be made uh, to the roadways that, that, that the king might travel on, um, leveling them off, uh, uh, removing any obstacles for the king to arrive in a place. Oh, I'm tempted to take a left turn and start preaching and pause here about, and to ask has, if, if everyone has taken the time to remove the obstacles in the way of the king coming into your life. Have you, have you taken the time? We, we don't have, we can't go there. The, the, the function of this prophesied messenger being introduced here would be to, to announce and urge people to put things in order before the Lord showed up. Mark takes for granted in his writing that, that anyone who's been tuning in to everything that's taking place in, in those days and that time would recognize that this flashback is a prophetic picture that could only point to one person in their time, and that is John the baptizer. And so then he, he without warning, just flashes forward again and simply, simply says, John appeared. John appeared, what? Baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem, the south side of the nation, where we're going out to him and we're being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Mark, Mark, Mark is a, the, the kind of writer who often gets straight to the point in his writing. He doesn't share sometimes all of the details of, of John's story like, like we might find if we were reading in Luke. Mark basically gives us bullet points. The prophets said it, and then John showed up and did it. 
Mark said, just what you need to know. <laughs> uh, but, 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 but you know, you know how um, sometimes, because we're not living in that time, we need to recognize some things. And, and sometimes when, when people achieve the, the highest level of their craft or their endeavors and, and are being recognized for it or awarded, uh, they might stand up and, and, and say something like, I prepared my whole life for this moment. Well, when it comes to John, he was literally prepared his whole life for what he would eventually carry out for the Lord. Literally. If we, if we, if we could, y'all, y'all go with me. If we, if we pinched a little bit from the gospel according to Luke in, in his first chapter, we find that God prepared John by the Spirit. By the Spirit. When God sent the message to John's father, Zechariah, that he would have a son with his wife, Elizabeth, before ever describing anything about uh, uh, John's God-given purpose, the, the Lord lets Zechariah know how John will be. He says in, in Luke chapter 1 and verse 15, he says, for he will be great before the Lord. And and, and and, 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 and as he devotes himself to that, he, he must not drink wine or strong drink. Watch this. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. God prepared him by the Spirit. John would be set apart and equipped by God's Spirit for God's purpose. But not only, not only did God equip him uh, by the Spirit, the scripture that, that, that you heard read earlier, uh, uh, it was read wonderfully earlier too, I, I might add. Thank y'all. Uh, from, from Luke chapter 1, verse, uh, starting at verse 57, it shows us that his parents accepted and confirmed his God-given purpose. Uh, God equipped them, his parents accepted and confirmed, even though because of their old age, Zechariah doubted God's message from the angel about John's birth and purpose. When he was born, they named him exactly what the Lord instructed them to. John, God is gracious. That's what his name means. God is great. Uh, they, they were... They were unified. They came together. They were unified in accepting what God had in store for their child, their child that they had been waiting for, their child that they had been praying for, that, that they just uh, hoped that they would have the joy of holding one day. God had a purpose for them, and they confirmed that purpose by naming him what God said his name was going to be, and they confirmed it in front of a community that had other expectations. They, 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 they lined up with God. It's a quick note for parents here. It, it would serve us well to prayerfully seek to discover what God has in store for our children versus our tendency to lay our own desires for them on them, our own expectations on them. With, with all this in the backdrop of his story, 
Uh, when the time came, John began his assignment, getting people prepared for the one to come. The, the first part of his message was repent. Uh, John didn't, he, his messages weren't complicated. <laughs> Someone didn't get it because they didn't want to get it. <laughs> the first part of his message was repent. I try to be as simple as John when I can, but I, I fall short. Repent. And that repentance, they understood what it meant. It was more than just recognizing what was messed up about their life. It's, it was turning from that life to God. It, it, was, it was changing the way they thought about that life and dropping it and turning from it toward God. He he used, John used this sign of baptism, his baptism, as a picture of people's changed posture and attitude about their sin and toward God. He said, when that change happens, when that repentance takes place, he said, we're going to dip you so, so that people know that it's, that it's happened, right? Um, and, and when John started doing this, it, 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 created, a, it created a thing. It, it, it created a scene from the suburbs to the city to the rural areas. They were making themselves ready, rushing out to John, uh, making themselves ready for forgiveness, responding to John, confessing their sin, and being baptized. The, the one thing about reading in English, uh, something that was written in Greek, is that we miss words sometimes. And this confessing is important. It's important. One of, the, one of the most dangerous things about the time we live in is the renaming of sin. God says adultery. The world says they had an affair. Affair sounds like something you want to be at. God says, be not drunk with wine. The world says it was bottomless mimosas, and I'm only tipsy. God says, flee sexual immorality, and the world says it's just a little hooking up. It's like Bachelor in Paradise. It's no big thing. It's a renaming. And this is a problem because it's only in agreeing with the Lord's estimation of sin, saying the same thing that he says about it, that people have the opportunity to truly repent and receive his forgiveness. It's important. That word confession, it means to speak the same as God. Now, now, to be clear, when we're talking about forgiveness, let someone get this wrong, uh, talking, uh, forgiveness of sins wasn't found in the Jordan River where John baptized or even in John, but it was on the way. And John said, it's on the way. John's purpose was to get people ready, and, and he lived fully committed to it, full out of I love to see someone fully committed to the thing they say they're committed to. He was committed to it. Now, John, what was it look like, his commitment? Watch this. John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. Commitment. 
<laughs> and, and he preached saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I. The strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Everything about John, down to his appearance, gave evidence of his full commitment to living out God's purpose. His clothing, it connected him with the prophet Elijah, who, who served God wearing the same kind of outfit. Like Elijah, he, he's not concerned with fancy clothes and name brand in his closet or, or fine food. He's fully dialed into carrying out God's assignment. Come on, John. And if, if, if the first part of John's message was to repent, the second part was to emphasize and announce that somebody is coming who you need to be ready for. Oh, this sounds a lot different than, than, than uh, Christmas today. But, but, but even as the large crowds gathered around John, he never forgot this lane, his lane that he was supposed to, his purpose, his purpose to be the forerunner and the herald of someone who was greater than him. In, in, in show business, John would have been like the, the opening act and announcer for the main attraction. He, he, was, he, was, a, he was a prophet sent by God. He was doing big things. He was preaching and baptizing people in the Jordan River, but he didn't think he was a big deal. When he, when he looks at who he was and who he was sent to prepare the way for, when he thought about the one coming after him, he says, I shouldn't even touch his sandals. If you were in that time, you would know taking off the sandals was the job of a household servant or slave in that time. And, and John was saying, I'm not even worthy to do that. Someone's coming. John was clear that he had authority to baptize with water and to, and to tell those folks to repent. But the one coming had authority over the kingdom of God to take away sin. The one coming, he, he, John said, he won't, uh, 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 he won't dip you in water. He will submerge you in the spirit of God. It's, it's, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit who marks and seals us as God's own people. John said, the one coming will you in the spirit. John says, I can only help get you ready, but the one coming will carry you into the kingdom. Does, does anyone sitting here, anyone in the room today have any idea who this great one is that John is talking about? 
Who could be so highly thought of, highly exalted, so noteworthy that even John the Baptist, one of the greatest to ever be born among women, of women, would say, he's the one. Does anybody know his name? Don't don't fool me now. It's, it's, it's It's his advent that we celebrate this season. It's his advent. I might as well just say it. Jesus is the one. He's the one that these folks needed to get ready for. He's the one that will be opening the kingdom of God. He's the one that the world still needs to be receiving this season. Uh, the, The one that hearts need to be made ready to receive. Jesus is the one that John was running ahead of. I, I like to say, I like to say, uh, when it comes to Jesus, you either point the way or you're in the way. And, and, and even when John was the biggest name in town, he was prepared to get out of the way. No matter how big the, the big the crowds grew, John took the focus off of himself and just continued to point and to preach the same message, message basically saying, turn to God, be ready, he's coming. Turn to God, be ready, he's coming. Turn to God, be ready, he's coming. When people turned the corner and saw John, they knew what they were about to hear from him. It was predict- He wasn't a box of chocolates. You knew what you were going to get from John when John showed up. He was fully committed to what he was supposed to be bringing to the world. And John carried out his purpose fully committed until his very last breath. John did what he was born to do. And, and, and the thing that got me after we put all the puzzle pieces, and there's more, but after we put all the puzzle pieces of his life together, it turns out that John's story was really not about John. John's story found its ultimate meaning in the proclamation of Jesus' story. I, I hope this is coming close to you. How, 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 do you. how do you feel about that? We like to have the credit for what we do after all of your hard work, all your accomplishments, your plaques on the walls, your claim to fame winds up being all about somebody else. How do you feel about that? I don't, I, don't, I don't have time to, to share it all now. But if I looked at my own story, I, I could see how God connected the puzzle pieces of my purpose in my life. When, when he took somebody who was fearful of publicly speaking in front of others and, and then implanted a small desire, watch this, to, to write poems and then publicly recite them. And then how he, he, he then moved a little further, Another puzzle piece preparing me to open my mouth in front of small gatherings at first and then larger and larger crowds and, and then how he took the gospel message and planted in me 
During childhood summer months of reciting scripture with my grandmother in North Philadelphia and caused it to spring up in me, giving me an overwhelming urge to share it with people. Uh, God was putting the pieces together and, and then by his grace, calling me to go and do so, equipping me by the power of his Holy Spirit. There's so much more to the story that I can't fill all in now, but the point is this, the Lord put the pieces of my story together for the ultimate purpose of his glory in Jesus Christ being made known. And that's the only reason why I stand here today, because God put it together for his glory. And it's not just me. It's not just me. God has also been working in your story for his glory. It's not just me. I've mentioned before that that many people are driven with purpose to make their mark in the world, but God calls and prepares us to make a mark in the world for him. Have you searched your story to see how God has prepared you to prepare the way for Jesus in this world? What, what, what plans have you laid out for your life? What purpose have you assigned and devoted yourself to? Are these a, a function of you writing your own story or do they reflect God's story for you? These are questions. The blessing of this season is that it calls us to remember how Jesus came but also gives us a chance to be preparing and considering that he's coming again. How do we prepare the way? How do we prepare the way in us? How do we prepare the way in the world? This gives us another opportunity to reflect on what he's done and what he desires. Consider your story. 